Welcome to Digfin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. Digfin is an online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. As we've reported before, the DTCC plans to add many more blockchain-related projects to various aspects of its business, reflecting the diverse use of the technology. Today, we're speaking with James DiBiazio, Editor-in-Chief of Digital Finance Media, who's followed up with Rob Palatnik, Chief Technology Architect of the DTCC, to get more details on these projects and to find out whether blockchain will make imminent changes with that organization and with the financial industry overall. Thanks for joining us today, Jame. So who is Rob Palatnik, and uh, did you meet him while you were uh, back in New York? The last time I spoke with DTC, uh, D, sorry, DTCC was the uh, one of their vice chairman, Larry Thompson, was visiting Hong Kong. So he's a, a very senior person at the organization. He's been there t- more than 20 years, and uh, and he kind of outlined the broad brushstrokes of what they're trying to achieve. Uh, this meeting with Robert Platnick, uh, Robert is the chief uh, information architect there, or rather, sorry, the chief tech architect. So he's really the guy in charge of these projects. He and his team are the people with the sleeves rolled up. Got it. Um, and this was, uh, you saw him during your trip to New York, right? That's right. Um, out, uh, took took the uh, took the path out to Jersey City. You know, I had my 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 machete and my pith helmet, and uh, you're brave you know, man. Stared down, stared yeah. down the natives, and uh, and That's, came back, yeah, came back with the gold. Well, you know what? It's uh, it's kind of like the the lost city of DTCC. There, I'm glad yeah, you were able exactly. to uh, get the story and bring it back alive, as it were. Um, so, uh, you know, the last time we spoke about this, we were kind of debating whether or not uh, blockchain was for real and for real with these guys, if they had actual use cases. Uh, is it for real? And if not, when will there be actual blockchain-based processes going on there? Yeah, you know, it's funny. So the first thing I asked them was, so where are the use cases, right? So what's actually happening? And I think they get asked that a lot by all of their members, which would be all the all the major financial institutions. And uh, they are working on real live cases, and they're looking to expand that. But the first one, which is for credit default swaps, uh, probably won't actually be live until next year, probably second half of next year, more likely. So, you know, in terms of the the way they're developing it, they seem confident that they're on track. Uh, but you know, he was eager to talk about why it's difficult just to sort of lay out an instant boom. There you go. We're we're up, we're up and live, and 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 the world's going to change. Uh, but I think that what they are doing is the beginning of a big shift. And because he actually said that they're looking to do a lot more projects with blockchain and different parts of the business, even though he didn't, he wasn't at liberty to identify what those might be. But I think they're satisfied that the two main pilots that they've got going now. Um, are are on track. Otherwise, I don't think they'd be looking to to do more. Right. Um, so, so what's the potential of those processes? Is it uh, just another way of doing the same thing, or is blockchain uh, really, you know, causing a, a a real shift in the way that they do business? <clears throat> I think that there will be a shift. The 
potential to um, use blockchain to have a, a shared database, shared ledger that, that everyone trusts uh, and is secure means that there is a lot of, of work, traditional uh, middle and back office work that doesn't have to be done anymore. Uh, you know, it, the potential for it to eliminate a lot of processing is real. Uh, and I think it will, you know, right now, DTCC, as well as a number of, of many of the big banks and insurance companies, they're all implementing some of their own blockchain solutions. Um, and there's other parties out there, vendors uh, that are, uh, or, or groups, consortia such as R3 or um, Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, uh, Hyperledger, that, um, that are overseeing a variety of projects. So it's going to happen. Um, but it's going to, ha what I think we're, we're seeing is it's going to happen in a lot of different ways and the impact will vary depending on how it's, how it's used. Okay. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of potential there. Um, aside from prognosticators, futurists, and uh, back office people who deal with the DTCC regularly, um, should banks or other financial institutions uh, be keeping an eye on this? Yes, I think so. Because uh, so, in in some respects, part some of this is just about um, operational efficiency in, in a different way. Uh, and so if you're a, a C-suite person, maybe it's not that immediately relevant to you and it's just a, a, you know, it's just an ongoing process of further automation. But some of the things that they're doing are actually gonna change the way that banks handle their own affairs, I think. So the example that, um, uh, that uh, Rob Platnick gave me was the work that they're doing on repurchase agreements. <clears throat> so all banks, uh, all financial institutions rely on daily liquidity to manage themselves. Um, you know, it's not just deposits. They're not deposit taking institutions. These are, uh, or not necessarily, these are um, banks trade among each other daily every day. They borrow and swap cash for securities uh, because desks will have different liquidity needs. And they calculate all this in the afternoon and then they do the first leg of a repurchase agreement in the morning, usually cash for treasuries is the most typical example of, a, of that kind of swap. <clears throat> um, and this is a huge piece of uh, operational business for banks. It gives them the liquidity they need every day to operate, to survive, uh, and to, to, to take positions on other parts of their business. So it's really fundamental to modern finance. Um, and what's happening at DTCC could actually change the way that banks uh, handle their daily liquidity. So the right now, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, because blockchain allows all permission parties to see the same information at the same time, it means that it will be a lot easier or possible at all for banks to net trades, uh, which means they can be a lot more effective and efficient about when they want to exercise swaps between cash and securities. Uh, they don't just have to do it, or they may not have to just do it in the morning anymore. Uh, it's possible that they might be able to execute this kind of liquidity management much further out throughout the day, which means that they'll be able to do a lot more things. They can be a lot more efficient, a lot more nimble with their liquidity. Um, and that will, that will create different way for banks to do business potentially this could have actually a, a big impact on how they 
how they use their liquidity daily to uh, to to service a variety of of their businesses. Twenty four hour trading in real time settlement, basically. Well, I mean that's a potential. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I don't think Repo is going to go twenty four seven like that. It's got a very it's got particular characteristics to it. It's still an overnight process of, you know, you need either cash or you need some securities to cover you or to hedge a position. Uh, and, and I have the opposite. So we do a swap. But what this allows is because right now the whole process, there's a whole sort of uh, a ritual uh, around how repo is done. And there's a, there, it's it's a limit because you have to calculate everything in the morning and you don't have the flexibility for the rest of the day. You have, that, you have to sort of know exactly what you're going to do with that, or you have to guess what you're going to do with it the next day, what your needs are going to be. And uh, and this could allow a lot more flexibility in that. Sure. Because, the overnight, because though, of the nature of blockchain. Because right. of the nature of blockchain. But, I mean, yeah. the, given the nature of blockchain, like, you know, the overnight is due to the fact that the market's closed, right? I mean, the reason that overnight is overnight is because the local market closes and so they've built these rituals around that right i mean theoretically yeah but but i mean people still have to go to bed <laughs> i mean yes the banks stuff, not I mean, me buddy we're talking about within not you okay all right you're a hard-working journalist Never sleep. But, uh within the within the uh within the united states um or a given or a bank's given place where they they operate mm -hmm. um you know there's yeah. still there's still a cycle and uh so the the point about blockchain is not that it's 24 7 per se it's that Everybody sees the same information at the same time, as opposed to be having to be sent information and then look at it and have it go through a variety of different uh, operational processes to validate that information, can confirm it. In this case, everyone will see it at the same time and they'll know exactly what they've got. That means they can net down all their positions and they know with a lot more clarity sooner what their position is going to be, money in, money out, securities in, securities out. And they will be able to, therefore, potentially to change their business processes and allow themselves to manage liquidity, not just sort of at one set time of their day, but throughout the day. Uh, maybe within the realm of of uh, techno uh, of the technologists here, but is there uh, does that transparency create a situation where you could infer positions or trading strategy by virtue of having you know being able to see what people want what people might want well it's really seeing your own position vis-a-vis -vis all your counterparties so you're not going to have access to other people's private information you're only going to have access to you know trades that relate to you and your direct counterparties so no that, that's not going to be a problem okay um i'm developing my own uh blockchain technology it's called split coin i uh <laughs> I, I trade a lot in the morning and then when it comes time to settle i just i just split Split like yep. a new city, and that's, that's uh, right. It's very profitable. Very, very yeah. profitable for me. <laughs> that, so that's why you're calling in from Albuquerque this morning, is that it? I, I prefer <laughs> not to say. Um, okay, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to leak your information. <laughs> so uh, you talked a bit about repos. Uh, tell me about uh, what they're doing with credit default swaps. You, they, they have two projects, as you said, and uh, are they applying? blockchain in the same way to each uh or and if not what's the difference well the difference the difference is actually how they're implementing blockchain to deal with these problems so in the case of cds the goal is to take the entire they have a warehouse where people for the past dozen years or so people have been sending all their credit default uh, swap trade information positions and reporting into this repository and it, it's a it's a it's a hub for cds uh, processing. Um, the goal is to take that entire 
operation and put it on the blockchain, migrate everything without disrupting the actual day-to-day -day business. So that's a and and putting it on blockchain and also to get the processing into a cloud. Their DTCC is using a third-party cloud vendor, but they are, they will also be uh, making it so that. Somebody else, uh, if you're a bank and you prefer a different cloud vendor or you prefer to use your own global servers as an on-premise cloud, that doesn't matter. The point is that blockchain plus cloud, they're going to move the whole CDS warehouse onto that kind of technology stack. And that's going to just, uh, it's just a huge project to move this whole industry onto that in uh, you know, the next, well, I guess they began this at the start of the year and it'll end sometime uh, middle next year. So it's a two year process, more or less. So that is just really replacing the old processing process. Sorry, I'm <laughs> processing process. It has, it's replacing the way they used to do stuff and putting it onto the blockchain uh, wholesale. Um, repo is um, more a case of helping uh, Yes, there's, there's, there's different technologies and, mo and moving it onto blockchain, but the, the goal is to change the business model for repo. Um, and instead of replacing all the current mainframes that DTCC uses to process these repo trades, it's actually going to be adding DLT on top of an exist. So it's not out to replace the status quo, but to create a parallel track that will be running for new, uh, for, for new activity on, on top of what they already have. Uh, and they, there could be a, a migration later down the line, but the point is that you don't need a repository for these credit default uh, for uh, for repo in the same way that you do need sort of a, 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 a memory bank for this credit default swaps. Credit default swaps have a lot of conditionality on them. You know, they're long term, longer term contracts. You've got to be able to go back and forth. And a blockchain is great for seeing who did what and where everything is and believing in it. Whereas with repo, it's just sort of overnight. You don't need to keep that same kind of record. So the point is not to have this. Is the blockchain there is not to have this long, immutable, auditable trail. It's more to have a, a, a better way of allowing people to share information so that they can do stuff in the moment. Got it. Very interesting. So um, the, um, the DTCC is using different vendor partners for each of these projects, right? Is that yeah, to diversify? Right. What's the reason for that? Is it specialization, diversification of risk or something else? I think specialization plays a role in it. Uh, one vendor, one blockchain developer that they're working on uh, with their CDS projects called Axioni. I haven't spoke with Axioni, so I, I don't want to really say too much about them. But, but Rob Platnick told me that one thing they like about that particular vendor is that Axioni uh, has a strong focus on not just the blockchain itself, but integrating it with the other systems that, that their clients have. Uh, and in CDS, that the pro for that project at DTCC, that's something they really valued. Other uh, other vendors tend to focus really more on the software side and not so much on how to plug it into your existing uh, existing technology or existing systems, uh, or how to connect you with counterparties. Um, Whereas with the CDS project, getting connected to counterparties was is vital. Uh, so I think there's there are different reasons. The vendors have different strengths and weaknesses, and depending on the project, depending on the need, why you're implementing a blockchain solution, could you know there's that's definitely part of it. They're going to have different um, different pros and cons. I think the the broader issue that I thought was interesting that um, Palatnik talked about is 
how you know with with DTCC, it's it's evolved over I don't know forty years uh, since really since the eighties, and it's you know the life cycle of a trade of just trying to buy and sell a, a stock or something is incredibly complex. You've got um, pre confirmations, you've got reconciliations, you've got you know there's this it's a real spaghetti bowl of of providers, players, vendors, exchanges that. Uh, custodians, uh, the buy side, the sell side. There's so many things that get involved just for a simple bog standard. I want to buy, you know, a stock or sell a stock, let alone something complicated like a, a derivative. So that that's today. And uh, the promise of blockchain is they could just kind of sweep away a good chunk of that complexity, get rid of a lot of these middlemen because it's allowing everybody to kind of see the information together and trust it. And you don't need all that pre-confirm and post-trade confirm and all these different uh, little details that go into to getting that getting to delivery versus payment. Um, so that's the great promise of blockchain. But as we're as it's growing, as different providers are emerging, as different use cases by the likes of DTCC and others are are coming to the fore, they're finding that they creating demand for a whole new set of of people operating intermediaries and vendors, uh, digital wallets, uh, integration specialists to allow different systems to connect and talk to each other. So I think we're going to have a lot of different blockchains. We're going to have a lot of different specialists out there. Uh, some of them might be the old type of middle and back office specialists who are just sort of uh, turning themselves into blockchain capable. Uh, players, or it could be a whole new generation of, of, of coders and, and vendors and business people who are doing this. But I think the idea that this amazing technology is going to clear out the whole idea that of, of middlemen is, is, is naive. I think what we're actually going to get is a new bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> well, thank goodness. Somebody's looking yeah. out for the middlemen. Well, I'm Italian, so I love pasta, so that's fine. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, so I, I just think that that's you know, and we're we're seeing we're at the birth of a whole new a whole new way of doing business. Blockchain is fundamentally different because of its decentralized nature. DTCC and many of the other groups out there working on these projects are interested in not in, in a variety of tweaks and ways to make that decentralized ledger um, sometimes more centralized or. Uh, or you know, certainly separating it out from its its Bitcoin roots, but you know, it's it's going to be uh, it's it's a brand new day, really. There's going to be a whole lot of of very nitty gritty activity going on that's going to that's going to you know uh, define the industry for the next generation. Well, I know you'll be keeping a close eye on it, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. Thank you uh, for joining us today again, Jay. Thank you, Dave, and thanks for everybody for listening. If you'd like to hear more about DTCC's plans for blockchain, read James' full article online at www.digitalfinancemedia, that's one word, .com. All the articles at Digital Finance Media are free, but you have to register. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast of Digital Finance Media. This is David Swifler, host of DigFinVox and head of public relations for SciSense, a business intelligence provider that also works with AI, machine learning, and the Internet of Things. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a good rating and share it on social media so your friends can find it too. 
This is Didge Finn Vox.